whether you consider yourself a B2C business like a bubblegum company or a B2B business like a SaaS software company, you got to remember you're always attracting, engaging, and delighting human beings. So your content strategy needs to be in line with basic human decision making. Ready to spend 15 minutes with the experts you admire? Need strategy sessions from thought leaders brought directly to your ears? Welcome to the Sprocket Talk 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, where every week George B. Thomas uncovers the challenges that sales, marketing, and service professionals face. And of course, the strategies to help them overcome their biggest hurdles. So sit back and set your sights on growth with these bite-sized conversations filled with pure strategy gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast. Hey, Sprocketeers, it's your boy, George B. Thomas, and we're back with another episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast, where we try to give you a strategy. Well, we always give you a strategy. <laughs> the real truth is we try to do it within 15 minutes, and sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. Today, I'm super excited because I have my friend, my boy, his name's Max, and we're going to talk about something very interesting. It might be a little bit of a duel, or that might just be a play on words, but Max, why don't you explain to the Sprocketeers, the viewers, the listeners, who you are, what you do, and where you do it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first, George, thanks for having me. A uh, longtime listener, first time caller sort of situation for me. I'm super excited to be here. So my name is Max Cohen. I am a product trainer on HubSpot's learning and development team. I'm based in Cambridge, but we run new hire training, you know, at all of our different offices around the world. I basically am the one that helps new HubSpotters get acclimated to the HubSpot uh, as a company, um, get to know the tools, uh, and also like learn a lot of the uh, different strategies behind everything that our tools support. So a lot about the HubSpot tools themselves, a lot about the inbound strategy, company culture, everything you need to know about working there, mixing it all together, getting the new hires up to speed. That's basically what I do. Now, Sprocketeers, I want you to think about that. You literally have the George B. Thomas of the internal HubSpot on the screen with the George B. Thomas for you, the person bringing you value. So it, it, the internet might explode, but Max, yeah. before it explodes, we want to talk about this thing that you brought up and it is dual mindset with this thing called the buyer's journey. However, some of the viewers, some of the listeners might not know what the buyer's journey is. So let's start with that foundational piece, tell that story, and then dive into how you kind of look at it differently after we know that they're ready to rock and roll with what the heck is a buyer's journey and maybe even why it's important. The buyer's journey, and maybe you've heard of this through a HubSpot Academy course, maybe you've heard it, you know, from somewhere else kind of explained in a different way. But the buyer's journey is essentially the basic or the active like research process that someone goes through leading up to a purchase. So it starts when someone becomes aware of a problem, then they consider different ways to solve that problem and then they make a decision on who's gonna do it best, right? So there's three stages of that buyer's journey, awareness, consideration, and decision. And the whole idea of the buyer's journey is basically that it gives you some direction on what you should be doing with your content, not necessarily like what to write about, that comes from your buyer's journey. But when you know like the subjects and the goals and challenges that your buyers have or your ideal customers have, the buyer's journey helps you take those different ideas and kind of focus it into, uh, focus it into like different ways that you're actually writing and producing that content in order to like produce the desired effect, which is move them through these different stages of the buyer's journey. Yeah, and I love this. When Max says the words, and it was multiple times, Sprocketeers, if you rewind it, someone 
someone, someone, someone. Uh, that someone is us. We, we all do this. Like every single human being goes through this process, no matter what it is. Like if you buy a pack of gum, let me paint a scenario for you. You're yes. on the beach, you're hanging out with your loved one. You lean in to give a kiss and all of a sudden you get the Heisman and you realize you got bad breath. Oh my God, I'm aware I have a problem. So you run over to the gift store and you look, there's mints and there's gum. And you're like, oh, well, which one do I want? Oh, you know what? I'm going to do mints. And you go and you pay money for it, right? You considered mints. You decide, you pay for it, boom, process. Hey, now you're back at the beach. And well, we'll just leave it because it's a PG rated uh, show here. But you know what happens. <laughs> you get that smoochie and you go. But here's the thing. The other thing that you painted in that section, Max, is that it's almost been thought of or presented or taught as a one-sided thing. And it's about the content and kind of how you meet them there and what conversations happen from that point. But what, what are you saying when you start to talk about this dual mindset of the buyer's journey? Uh, and by the way, like, I love your example there. Like the crazy thing about the buyer's journey is that it's literally just like breaking down or reverse engineering basic human decision-making. And that is so important whether you're consider yourself a B2C business like a bubblegum company or a B2B business like a SaaS software company. You got to remember, you're always attracting, engaging, and delighting human beings. So your content strategy needs to be in line with basic human decision-making. Uh, otherwise, like you're not going to help these people make the next proper decision and move them through these different stages. So where the dual mindset stuff comes in. This is partly uh, selfishly one of the things that I kind of built on my own because I generally have trouble like understanding more abstract concepts. But I noticed that my customers were having the same issue. So like when I was, you know, way back when I was working as an implementation specialist, helping customers get set up with HubSpot, part of that was advising them on kickstarting their inbound strategy. And you can't have an inbound strategy without creating content. Problem is, there's a lot of customers using HubSpot that have never built content before. So it's a totally new like, uh, environment for them, right? This whole idea of building content, going from not building content. You know, buyers' personas were like a pretty easy thing to like get across. It's like, yeah, what are the goals and challenges of your ideal customers? You build like a document that shows it to you. Great. But like, what do you do with that information? And that's where we would start talking about the buyer's journey. Now, the thing about the buyer's journey is that it's very simple. And that's like the beautiful thing because every single stage of someone's buyer's journey is going to be totally different. So it's not like you can give it, you know, such a concrete definition. Where I was having trouble with customers is they'd see like, okay, I understand kind of the basics between awareness, consideration, and decision, but I don't know how to like translate that into what I actually need to be doing and what my prospect is actually thinking. So I kind of built this little slide deck that I'm sure we'll show at some point um, in, the, in the session here that basically breaks down that when you think about the buyer's journey, you can't just think about it as it's like three basic definitions for those stages, awareness, consideration, and decision. You have to actually break it down and think about two different mindsets that you're dealing with here. One is the mindset of the prospect when they're actually going through this buyer's journey and they're at each stage, what's going through their head. And then what's the mindset that you should be in as the marketer when you're creating content for this stage, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the idea came from. And when I realized that if you just break it apart this way and explain these two different sides of it, it takes this more abstract like concept and makes it a lot more concrete and easy to understand when someone's working through each one of these stages. So Sprocketeers, I just want you to realize how much goodness there is in that section. First of all, if you are thinking about doing inbound or doing inbound and your content is not strong or you're not doing content, that is the first place to start. Also, if you heard the word buyer persona and you started to freak out because you're like, I don't even have that, 
that is something that you need to build and put in place. And now this idea of these two mindsets, going through this simple process of awareness, consideration, decision, I wanna dig into that. So let's just say, Max, we've got a hypothetical example. You can bring it up and use it, whatever you wanna do. But now let's go, instead of stepping into an awareness, uh, or consideration, decision phase and thinking, oh, it's something global, for my entire company. Now with the realization, no, it's actually this persona and how they'll go through these three steps and how I need to branch off and look at what happens in these three steps. Paint us the picture of whoever it is, they get into awareness, what are the things that need to be happening? What do we need to be thinking? Then I'll check back with you and we'll probably dive into like consideration and the decision after that. The example that I like to use, and we actually use this fictitious company that we create in training called Sprocket Saver. And Sprocket Saver, the whole story behind them is they're essentially a technology recycling company and they have a buyer persona named Tech Terry. So if we think about who Tech Terry is, Tech Terry would essentially be uh, like an IT professional at some sort of small the medium business. At the end of the day, they're trying to sell recycling services to Tech Terry, this like IT, you know, uh, director or person in charge of computers <laughs> at a small to medium business. So when we think about the awareness stage, what you want to think about for your prospects mindset is that they're starting to have some sort of problem. So like the basic gist or idea behind what they're thinking is, is I don't know what my problem is, so I'm gonna do some research to try to figure out what's going on. So it's very important to remember, they don't know what the problem is, but they know that something is not so cool or some not so chill stuff is happening. Um, so if we think about Tech Terry, for instance, maybe you know his employees are complaining about the technology that they have, that it's too old and busted, they wanna get new stuff and they haven't been able to. Or maybe Terry's realizing that they're spending way too much money on technology, um, or there's like a stack of computers getting like piled up and he has no idea where they're coming from and no idea what to do with it. Again, we don't know what the problem there is, but we know that there are some symptoms of some sort of issue happening. So at the end of the day, in the awareness stage, Tech Terry's trying to say, what is my problem? And he's doing research to try to figure out what the problem is first. Now, if we flip sides and think about what your responsibility as a marketer is now, knowing that Terry's out there trying to just figure out and name and put a face to the problem that he's having, your job as the marketer is to create content that says, this is what your problem is, right? So, you know, creating blog posts or eBooks or courses or like whatever it means, the format of the content is not so much important as the substance. So you're creating content that basically says, does this sound like your situation? Is this familiar to you? Are you going through X, Y, Z? This is likely the problem that you're having. And it could be a problem that your business solves for. It could just be another problem that you wanna be seen as an expert in solving. But you gotta remember, most of these people are sitting in this awareness stage. They don't know what their problem is yet, but they're experiencing stuff that's not so great and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Enjoying this podcast? Make sure you show the love. Go to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Help us become the strongest strategy podcast on the internet. Get access to hidden episodes and bonus content. Head over to sprockettalk.com forward slash strategy. Sprocketeers, have you ever been in the place where you're like, I, I don't even know what's going on right now? Like, I, like, I got to Google this junk. Of yep. course you've been there. We've all been there. But there's a couple pieces that I want to pull out of that section. First of all, the content, the, the content, the, the substance, yep. uh, the substance yeah. trumps the format. We don't care how you talk about it. 
your consumers might care about how you talk about it, AKA mm -hmm. hashtag video. Just going to throw that out there real quick. I mean, yep. you're probably watching or listening to this. That trumps the format. The other piece of this is that it is your job. It's your job, Sprocketeers, to know all the problems. Mm -hmm. You got to know all the problems so that you can talk about all the problems so that when they're trying to figure it out, you're literally the WebMD of the IT tech space for Terry, right? Yep. That's your yep. job. So you think about awareness, my job, to know all the problems and to talk about them. So Max, as they move into consideration, what gives? Like, what do we got to do there? Sure. What do we got to put in place? What are we thinking on this dual mindset for the buyer's journey? Hopefully through the content that you've provided to them in the awareness stage where you're trying to say, this might be your problem. This is your problem. This could be your problem. You're trying to add as much value there as you can. They've transitioned to the consideration stage once they've gone, ah, okay, this is my problem. So at this stage, Terry knows what his problem is. And you know, for Terry, we could use the example of as a, okay, my problem is, is that I'm not managing the end of life you know, cycle for my technology well, right? We buy all this technology, but we have no plan for what to do when it's like old and busted, right? So that's the problem. So at this point in the consideration stage, they go, cool, that's my problem. What are the different ways to solve it? So that's what the prospect is thinking. They're not thinking brand names yet right? They're not going to Sprocket Saver. They're not going to Best Buy. They're not going to any other company because they don't know that recycling is the best way to solve that problem. So when we think of the different ways that Terry could solve that problem, he could sell that technology. He could donate that technology. He could just tell his you know, employees just to keep using it. And hey, you know, too bad. Maybe if Terry leased it, they'd save some money or Terry could recycle it maybe throw it in a garbage you know, bin out back and burn it. There's all these different things that Terry can do in the consideration stage. Terry's trying to figure out the best way to solve the problem, not the who yet. So he's thinking, how do I solve this issue? So for you as marketers, once Terry's in this stage, <clears throat> you wanna be creating content that convinces them that the way that you solve this problem is better than all the other ways. So you have to not think about direct competitors. You need to think about indirect competitors. Uh, to give another example, to go back to the chewing gum example that you had earlier, if you were a gum company that created, um, you know, uh, mouth fresh gum, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I made up a company on the spot, gum that makes your breath better. The problem is someone has bad breath, but there's a number of different ways they can solve it. They can start brushing their teeth more. They can start flossing. They can go to a dentist. They can buy mouthwash or they can buy gum. You want to educate them on all those different ways that they can solve the problem, give them the pros and cons of both. But you obviously want to emphasize why your way of doing it is better. Not you as a company yet. The way to solve the problem is better because you don't earn the right to position your service until you've convinced them. That's, you do a lot of convincing in the consideration stage until you convince them that they actually need that type of service. Rocketeers, here's what I love. I, I want to bring it back full circle to the fact that you need content. And when I think of ways, I think of paths, right? The path that you must follow. And when I think of paths, I think of pillars, meaning pillar pages that are the ultimate resources on the thing that you do because those pillars lead to clusters, meaning those sub subtopics, those blogs that you should have been writing a year ago to talk about how this all works. And so folks, content, pillar pages, the ways in which you solve this problem that they're considering now they're going to start to educate themselves and they're going to almost 
magically lean into this next phase, which Max, let's talk about the decision phase of the buyer's journey and the dual mindset. When you get to the decision stage, at this point, what you're hoping is that your prospect has said, yes, I'm totally bought into the idea of solving my problem in this way. So if we go back to Tech Terry, at this point, hopefully Sprocket Saver and the marketers there have provided enough content that convinces Tech Terry that recycling is the way to go. So once Terry has landed on or the prospect has landed on like, all right, I'm convinced this method of solving my problem is the best way to do it. That's when they start thinking about the who. Who does this the best? This is where you need to start like stacking your service up against your actual direct competitors that do the same thing or something very similar, right? So again, in the consideration stage, it's indirect competitors. That's not different companies. That's different ways of solving the problem. Now at this stage in the decision stage, this is where you get to talk about how good your product is. This is also where that like conversational content with a sales rep comes into play. We don't earn the right to pitch our product unless we know they want to solve it in a way that we provide. So here as the marketer, your mindset is like, cool, I need to create any sort of content that I need to create that says, this is why we solve it best, right? Compared to our competitors. All right. So this is where your catalogs about your product comes in. Um, customer success stories about using your product. Uh, book a demo, book a, converse, uh, a consultation, book an assessment or an evaluation with the sales rep. Not just a sales call, right? That's boring. We want to think of conversational offers. So when someone books some sort of conversation with your sales rep and starts that relationship, they know there's going to be value in that conversation, even if they don't buy from you. And there should be right? We want to delight our customers, even the ones we don't sell to. A little bit of a rant there, but that's where you're thinking at the decision stage. This is where you introduce why we're better than everyone else. And to like tie this all together, we can't, again, we cannot say we're the best one to do X service until we've convinced you that you need X service. And we don't have the right to tell you that X service is the best way to solve a problem if we haven't helped you figure out what your problem is in the first place, okay? So you need to like work your way backwards through these layers of what I call earning the right to move on to the next step. Oh, I yeah. love that. You, you gotta earn your right and it's, gotta all earn it. based in, it's all based in content. Listen, you, you knew all the problems, you showed them the way, and then you have to talk about who you, that's who. But let me tell you, when you think of this, or when I think of this content-wise, this is where I bring in versus articles. This mm. competitor versus that competitor. This yep. is when I bring in best articles. Five best IT recycling systems that you should think about today, right? And, and then, of course, at the point, at the end, I'm like, by the way, we offer this service, call to action to the landing page for the free recycling assessment. I'm just saying, this is how this junk works, Rocketeers. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not that difficult. So, Max, when you think about, like, this dual mindset, this buyer's journey that we have to put them on and we have to think about and this content we have to create, are there any roadblocks that you have seen marketers either put mm -hmm. in their way or they're just potholes that they're stumbling in? Oftentimes when I talk to marketers before we get into this little place right here, because you got to remember when someone's going through the active buying process, it means they're researching stuff. So you need to think about is your buyer persona actually researching these things? Now, what I hear a lot of marketers tell me when I say, tell me about who your ideal customer is or who your buyer persona is. They generally say something like, 
oh, usually it's like the CEO, the CXO, the CTO, you know, insert C-level executive here, synonymous with whoever the decision maker is. They're hyper-focused on the decision maker because that's who the salespeople want to talk to. And they only have their eyes on the end zone. They're not thinking about all the work they need to do to get there. Here's the thing though, your buyer persona or like the buyer persona you should focus most heavily on is not always the decision maker. So for example, if you sell software for like accounting companies that makes accountants days much easier, I don't know anything about accounting, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that make accounting painful as an accountant at an accountant firm. If you're creating like software that's for them and their day-to-day use and makes their day easier, those are the people who are actually out there doing the research, trying to solve these different problems in the buyer's journey. Not the CEO who has like a much kind of like more generalized kind of view of everything that's going on and not in the trenches like an individual contributor, for example. So what I always tell people is like, think like long and hard about who's actually doing the research here because it's not always an almost like it, I'd say it's more so less the decision maker that should be your buyer persona versus like whoever that researcher per, or like researcher persona is. So what I tell people for them is like, you want to get that researcher on your side as they go through this whole journey, because here's the thing. They're not only the foot in the door to get to the decision maker, they're also going to be like your best champion on the inside that does all the selling for you and says, hey, we should buy from these people because they know what they're talking about versus like, you know, hoping that the decision maker is doing some research that someone else really should be doing. I'd say the biggest thing is that your buyer persona is not always the decision maker and, and think really hard about that. Yeah, you got to think about decision Don or researcher Ricky. Yep. I'm just going to throw that little nugget out Love for that. you because that's like a little sub piece of the persona that you can throw into play with mm-hmm. a smart question using progressive uh, fields inside of HubSpot forms. Yeah. Just going a little nerdy there for a second. That's but fine. here's the thing. Here's the thing. As the last question, because this is the 15-minute strategy podcast, and if I look properly, we've screwed that all up in this episode. All good. Are there any myths? Are there any myths about the buyer's journey that we should just be like, no, like stop thinking that way. Like you've got to do this and this is why. Yes, absolutely. And I'd say this goes for the buyer's journey and pretty much all of inbound marketing because like really when it comes to the content strategy, this is the backbone of the entire thing. The biggest myth I just want to like, kind of throw out there. And this might be an unpopular opinion, to be honest with you. I am a firm believer of when it comes to content, B2B and B2C is a complete myth. You are always business to human or even human to human, no matter what. You need to remember that no matter what you sell or who you sell to, be it a huge business, a small mom and pop shop, or an individual person, when you create content, you're creating content for a human being to look at, elicit some sort of emotion, build some sort of trust, um, and get them to like help them get closer to achieving certain goals and overcoming certain challenges that are in the way. It doesn't matter if you sell to the enterprise or the medium businesses, small, whatever it is, human beings work there. And when you lose sight of that, that's when your content becomes completely ineffective. So B2C and B2B, when it comes to content strategy, I think it's a total myth. I just see too many businesses say, we're not going to have a blog because we're a B2B business and blogs are silly like MySpace. No, like you're creating, you're using it as a creating content mechanism to get people to trust you. Same with all of your content. So don't let 
you labeling yourself as a B2C or a B2B company pigeonhole you into what you can or cannot do for content. You're always marketing to human beings. Yeah, I love that. Here at Sprocket Talk, we like to call it P2P, people yep. to people. That's exactly. what it's all about. Like, just remember, they have the same challenges, the same fears, the same aspirations as you do. They want to be the best they can be, and your, your content, what they're researching can help you help them or not. And let mm -hmm. me just say, if not, they're not buying from you. It's that simple. You've got yeah. to be there. This is the digital world, especially now that we yeah. live in, that people are going through. So Max, if people have questions for you, maybe they want to buy you a steak, a brand new car, because now you've revolutionized their business. Yeah. How can they reach out to you? How, how do they want to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say I'm most active on LinkedIn. So if you just find me, it's just Max Cohen on LinkedIn. Um, I'm a product trainer at HubSpot. So definitely connect with me there. Most of the content that I put out there, whether it's about inbound or the HubSpot tools, um, or just like onboarding and learning and development. We're doing a lot of content right now for like remote onboarding as well. That's probably the best way to get me. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. It's just Max Jacob Cohen. You can find it through my LinkedIn page um, where I just like host a lot of the videos that I really just put on LinkedIn. So uh, yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best one. So cool. Sprocketeers, remember, remember Sprocketeers, here's the deal. Know all the problems, show them the way. Remember to talk about yourself. It's not the time to be shy. You got to talk about yourself and all your competitors around you. Remember to watch out for researcher Ricky because yep. he'll get you sometimes and you got to understand that's part of the game. But more than that, focus on content, focus on educating and entertaining your potential prospects, leads and customers. And while you're doing all that and having a dual mindset about the buyer's journey, we'll be here waiting for you on the next episode. Did you enjoy this episode of the 15 Minute Strategy Podcast? We'd love to know. Leave a rating and written review wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And keep that learning going by visiting sprockettalk.com. Sign up for your free membership. And in that membership area, you can find bundled episodes where we combine like strategies to help you grow better. Make the world better and share this episode with your friends and coworkers who may be battling the same obstacle. You can always reach out to George B. Thomas on Twitter with questions or guest suggestions or just to talk about your favorite Marvel superhero. Now go out into the world and leverage this strategy for your success. And we'll see you in the next episode of the 15-Minute Strategy Podcast.